Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from Tony Romo's chiropractor's office, it's the Fourth and <laughs> Inches show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, how are you? How was your Christmas? Um, it was good. I've been, I'm going through the five stages of grief for the Cowboys season right now. I've, I've made my way through denial. I'm now in the bargaining stage. So, working my way through it. <laughs> well, I mean, anything could happen. They have a home game and win and they're in. I guess you're used to this. It's the third season in a row now, but uh, yeah. maybe the third time's the charm. Hey, you never know. <laughs> but I guess we'll so. uh, we'll be talking about that to some extent later, for sure. Right. We'll, we'll save the best game of the week for the last, or at Ugh, least uh, the game with game the most the <laughs> uh, implications for last. But, uh, well, you have all Sunday to just sit there and stew and know that no matter what happens in any of the other <laughs> 15 games, that it won't affect the uh, what's going on with your game Sunday night there. I know. It's going to be a long day, though. <laughs> Understandably so. Well, unfortunately, you can't just switch away the next three days. But uh, (laughs) anyway, for people that are looking for something to do in the next hour, tell them how they can get in touch with our wonderful show. Well, as always, we'll be here until 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can get a hold of us a number of ways. Feel free to ask your questions, have your voice heard, just voice your opinion, whatever floats your boat. Uh, you can always call us at 347-989-8088. That's 347-989-8088. You can always find us on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. Or at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. Uh, you can email us at the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. That's the number 4thninchesshow at gmail.com. So, of course, the chat room on Blog Talk Radio is open, and you can find us all week long on the fantasyfootballsherpa.com. There's a great blog there. Well, in keeping with some of the uh, the uh, – how shall we say, different uh, venues that we've done the show from this year. <laughs> I'm uh, this week in northern, northern, northern Maine uh, doing the show with a pit bull sitting next to me, so we'll see how that goes. Don't make any sudden moves. <laughs> okay, I'll try not to. <laughs> so, Hopefully he's not a Cowboys fan. <laughs> no, I, I think she's an Eagles fan, but uh, oh. we'll see. So. Poor dog. <laughs> so... Anyway, um, so what do you make of people that are listening to the show and presumably playing for a championship in Week 17? Uh, Week 17, there's all sorts of potential for coaches to sit players and all, but it looks Mm -hmm. like going into Sunday, at least, we've only got Kansas City as the only team that's pretty obviously stated that they're not going to be going full tilt in their game on Sunday. But uh, what do you make of that? I mean, there, Is there any other there, teams that you're yeah, possibly Kansas City's worried about? Yeah, Kansas City pretty much the only team that can't improve its situation in any way, shape, or form. They can't get a home field or a bye or anything. They're locked in where they are, so I don't blame them for that. Um, I've never been, been a huge uh, fan. I, I just, for me, it's there's too many variables. It's anybody can win, which I guess is very appealing for some people, but for me... If you put in your whole season to get to the championship game, then to have your quarterback not play, that's a little frustrating. Um, but you got to use your waiver wire very, very wisely when you're playing in the championship this week. This year you're luckier than others because a lot of these games are you're still going to see most of the starters. Very few are going to end up resting players for at least the majority of the game, which will help people for sure. But more power to you guys. Yeah, I'm... I'm other than running out and picking up a lot of chargers, which presumably people have (laughs) been doing for the last few days and there aren't a lot of them left. I'm not quite sure how you would uh, go about taking advantage of that, but we'll, we'll figure it out as we go through the games then. So yeah, yeah, good luck to anybody who's still playing in week 17. Obviously it's not ideal, but fortunately this week, (laughs) yeah, Jamal Charles is probably the only person that's really made a, a major contribution to a lot of teams that are playing for fantasy championships this week uh, mm-hmm. that, that might be affected by that. But still, you know, obviously if you've got him, 
in your starting lineup for you know, most of the season, and then all of a sudden you're faced with a very limited usage of him on Sunday. We've got to figure out some alternatives, so hopefully we'll be able to do that during the course of the show tonight. So yeah. that being said, again, no Thursday night games this week, which is nice, and this week, too, no Monday night games since they don't want to have anybody potentially playing the first round of the playoffs on a short week. So all the actions mm-hmm. on Sunday this week, easier to keep track of. So why don't we just dive right in with the first game, which is Carolina at Atlanta. One of these teams is playing for a playoff spot. The other team we thought might be a Super Bowl contender at the beginning of the season. Atlanta gave yeah. a much better accounting <laughs> for themselves last week against San Francisco, but close but no cigar. Carolina, much to your Shock and surprise, maybe a little bit less than mine, was able to defeat New Orleans last week in a low-scoring game. So it's all on the line for Carolina this week. They win this. They win the NFC South. And I think it's – I won't say it's a foregone conclusion, but I think usually when you have a game like this at the end of the season and one of the teams has something to play for and the other doesn't, it's, you know, barring any injuries or unforeseen – circumstances, it's usually the team that has more on the line that manages to pull out the victory. I think that's what's going to happen this week, and I'll say that Carolina wins this by 10 points. I'll say Carolina 27, Atlanta 17. I think Atlanta will definitely put up a fight in this game. We certainly saw um, more of what we thought Atlanta would have looked like last week. Um, But, yeah, I agree with you. Carolina's going to win this game. I think it may be by, like, six or seven points, maybe not as many as ten, but I would not have predicted Carolina winning this division, and looking as good as they do right now when the season started, so good for them. Fantasy-wise, this is definitely a game where you can fill in holes in your lineup. I would definitely start Cam Newton, start D'Angelo Williams. I even like Dominic Hickson and Ted Ginn at receiver. Brandon LaFell, more of a flex option for me. This is not something I usually say, but go ahead and start tight end Greg Olson and the defense. For Atlanta, uh, Tony Gonzalez is questionable with a toe injury. If he plays, you start him. Matt Ryan, quarterback, start him. Wide receivers, Roddy White and Harry Douglas. Steven Jackson, more of a flex option. Defense, okay to start. Jack Hiz Rogers, questionable with a concussion, don't start him. Drew Davis had a nice game last week, but don't start him and stay away from kicker Matt Bryant. Yeah, if if Tony Gonzalez plays, definitely start him since it's going to be his last game and it's at home. I mean, he's at least got something to play for on that team. Yeah, I, I kind of feel a little bit like he's the Andy Pettit of football. You know, they keep trying to bring him yeah. back one more season, yeah. one more season, one more season, but I think this time – like Andy Pettit and baseball, yeah, he got he's, uh, he got he's, he's serious about uh, not wanting to put himself through that again after coming back for what he thought would be a potential Super Bowl a Super run, Bowl. which turned out yeah. to be a nightmarish season. We all thought it was going to be a Super Bowl run. Not the case. No, no, especially not with that defense. And then when they lost <laughs> Julio Jones, that was pretty much all she wrote for their season after the fifth week. So. Yeah. Next up, we've mm. got two teams with nothing to play for but pride, as they say, in the business. We've got Houston at Tennessee. I still think this will be an interesting game, but ultimately I think Tennessee will win by a field goal. I'll say that Tennessee win, closes their season with a home victory. I'll say Tennessee 24, Houston 21. I might get crazy and take Tennessee like 28-21. Houston is just a little too banged up for me. I- they haven't announced whether it's going to be Matt Schaub or Case Keenum starting. Either way, really only go with them as a second quarterback option. It's not like either of them has lit the world on fire, especially if you're playing for your fantasy championship. I would hope that neither of them were your quarterback, but there you go. Uh, you could start running back Jonathan Grimes. It looks like Dennis Johnson isn't going to play with a hip injury. He hasn't been practicing all week. As always, start Andre Johnson. And I like tight end Ryan Griffin. He's a little banged up as well, but... I think he's going to see a fair amount of points this week. DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, yeah. Ooh, sorry. Left him off my list. Always like DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Um, for Tennessee, I would start running back Chris Johnson, tight end Delaney Walker in the defense. I don't think they're going to be able to throw too much against Houston. 
quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick more of a second option. Running back Sean Green had a strong week last week, but I still think you know you're you're betting on an unlikely outcome if you think that you should start him as as a one of your main running backs, maybe as a flex option if you're desperate. Wide receivers say Washington and Kendall Wright are flex options. Kicker Rob Baronis is all right, and I would stay away from wide receiver Justin Hunter. All right, fair enough. So moving on to a game that's highly unlikely to have playoff implications, but they're going to play <laughs> the game anyway, or so I hear. Cleveland to Pittsburgh, you know, both of these teams have shown flashes of promise during the season. You know, Pittsburgh was expected to do that. Cleveland maybe not quite as much, but you know, if Cleveland's on a nice little run with Jason Campbell there. They're you know, at least respectable again, and I think they're going to end the season, pull off the upset, if you can call it that, at Pittsburgh. I'll say Cleveland takes this by a field goal. I'll say low-scoring game, Cleveland 20, Pittsburgh 17. I like the score, but I think I like a reverse. Uh, I've I've been Cleveland's champion, crazily picking them to go to the playoffs at the start of the season. But granted, they didn't quite live up to those expectations, but they did get closer than a lot of people would thought they would. So that's something at least. If they had, had they a running had a game, they might be Quarterback, there. things could have been different. <laughs> uh, they're even. It seems like no matter who played quarterback, they were always able to throw to Josh Gordon and Jordan Cameron yeah. and put up a decent amount of yardage. The thing where I think they really fall short is with their uh, so-called running game. I mean, mm-hmm. you, know, you take a look at them, and they're still sitting at four rushing touchdowns for the season. And I think the next uh, lowest total was a couple of teams with six. But, you know, their their ground game has just really, I think, betrayed them. The defense is you know, not that much different from Carolina's, at least statistically, but, you know, like you said, the the quarterback play, you know, having the revolving door at quarterback there, and and you know, mm-hmm. especially the running game. I, I just, you know, who knows? Maybe if they stabilize that, they could be a playoff team next year. But uh, we'll see. I haven't given up on them yet. Unfortunately, I don't know if I truly believe they'll be able to beat Pittsburgh this week. Fantasy wise, it's it's kind of a tough sell. Jason Campbell definitely more a second quarterback option. Running back Edwin Baker is an interesting uh, flex option. I would definitely start Josh Gordon, and I I could be persuaded to start the defense just because I think this will be a low-scoring game. For Pittsburgh, Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver, is questionable with a toe injury. If he plays, he's startable. Antonio Brown, same well, he's not questionable with a toe injury, but you do want to start him anyway. Uh, start the defense. Quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, yeah more of a second quarterback, running back Le'Veon Bell. Puts up a decent amount of touchdowns yardage-wise, not so much. I'm not sure he'll be able to put up uh, a lot of yardage against Cleveland. So for me, he's more of a flex option. Tight end Heath Miller, okay. I'd stay away from wide receiver Jericho Cotri and kicker Sean Sweetham. Yeah, just not enough there for those guys. No. Speaking of not enough there, we've got – Washington at the New York Giants, and my my uh, favorite team, the Giants, have obviously stumbled uh, throughout most of the season. The Detroit game, that's a Pyrrhic victory. Of course, they win the game and end up uh, worsening their draft position, although I'm sure they couldn't care less about the draft position until after the season's over. But as a fan, you obviously mm-hmm. wish they would be uh, a little bit uh, better draft position if they're not going to make the playoffs. But Anyway, I still think Kirk Cousins, he didn't exactly light the world on fire against Dallas last weekend. This is his final chance to audition for potential starting job next year. I don't know if he's going to have such a great game, but I think between you know what he'll be able to accomplish and you know the running game should do well, and I just think New York isn't going to be able to muster much offense on its own. So I'm going to say that Washington – wins this game, I'll say Washington 24, New York 17. I like Washington by 10. Uh, I'm, I might go as far You're as to say... You're just rubbing salt in the wounds here. <laughs> Listen, it's not my fault that Eli Manning and your team are terrible right now. <laughs> I have enough problems to worry no, about as a Cowboys fan, let alone your hapless team. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> well, you might, win it. you might play in as many 
playoff games as the Giants do this year. So uh, don't it's, go gloating there. It's very quite entirely likely at this point. <laughs> but, uh, I would go as far I, as to say it's highly probable, but we'll get to yeah, that later. Unfortunately. Like I said, I'm in the bargaining stage now. <laughs> but for Washington this week, Kirk Cousins is more second quarterback option for me. I definitely want to start Alfred Morris and Pierre Garçon. Uh, the rest of the wide receivers, you can maybe use the select options, but I definitely like kicker Kai Forbath and the defense. For the Giants, maybe tight end Brandon Myers. <laughs> But other than that, there's nobody that's an absolute, you know, must start this week. Quarterback Eli Manning, more of a second quarterback. Running back Andre Brown, questionable with a concussion. Flex option. Wide receivers, Jarrell Jernigan, Hakeem Nix. Boy, has he been a disappointment this year. And Reuben Randall, those guys are all flex options. Defense Mm -hmm. is okay to start because I don't think Washington will put up a ton of points, just more than the Giants will. Running backs, Peyton Hillis. Uh, he's questionable with a concussion. Don't start him. Uh, wide receiver Victor Cruz is not going to play. Brandon Jacobs, even if he does play, he's going to be ineffectual. And kicker Josh Brown's not, you know, he's not worth starting either because they're not going to score many points. It's just a sad, sad situation for the Giants, and it keeps getting more and more absurd this year. So just pass. Hey, at least, at Maybe least uh, next year's got to be better, right? Yeah, that's that's true. At least our owner is a little bit more sane than the Cowboys owner, but pretty much and I any like owner. our GM more than the Cowboys GM too. But it's beside the point. So, <laughs> all right, I'm bitter. Let's move on. So, <laughs> next game up, Baltimore at Cincinnati. Ugh. Cincinnati yeah. has definitely been stumbling yeah. towards the finish line here, but even I, I just don't see how they can not win this game. I suppose in theory it's possible, but in practice I don't think it happens, especially with Joe Flacco less than 100%. He hasn't been 100% even when he's been 100% this year. He certainly hasn't been playing up to the contract he signed at the end of last year's Super Bowl run, but I, I think this is a game that I don't think will be particularly close. I'll pick Cincinnati 24, Baltimore 14. I can't argue too much with that score. It just the Ravens are another team that just need the season to be over, and they need to kind of turn the page on this year and start fresh next year because this was just a colossal mess. Cincinnati has shown signs of greatness. They they look like a real live elite football team here and there, but then they have days where they just look awful. So it's hard to know what to expect, but I do think they'll be the better team over Baltimore this week. Fantasy-wise for the Ravens, Joe Flacco really only a second quarterback option. I think you can start Ray Rice and Torrey Smith because you're going to have to start some running backs and wide receivers this week. But if you have better options, I would probably go other ways if I could. All right. So for Cincinnati, I don't think they're going to put up 42 points this week like they did (laughs) against the Vikings last week. But uh, congratulations to everybody who started Andy Dalton last week in their championship game. He probably did quite well. Um, Mm -hmm. I would start him again this week. Matchup is not as favorable, but I don't think they're going to be able to run much against Baltimore. So I think the default is that they'll throw a lot, and he's a decent start. Wide receiver A.J. Green is a good start. Start the defense. Running backs Giovanni Bernard and Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. More flex options for me because I don't think they'll be gaining many ground, many yards on the ground. And it's just hit or miss as to how involved they're going to be in the passing game. Same thing, wide receivers Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu have both looked like stars some week and been invisible other weeks. So mm-hmm. I don't think you want to count on them as more than flex options in a championship game. Kicker Mike Nugent's okay to start. Stay away from tight end Jermaine Gresham, and who's questionable with a hamstring injury, and stay away from Tyler Eifert, who's questionable with a neck injury. All right, fair enough. All right. Next up, we've got Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Some of these matchups are What's really the- rough this week. <laughs> yeah, well, it's what happens when you have a I mean, I like the idea of having the division games the final week of the season. Mm -hmm. Usually you have a few more things on the line, and this week we've really just got the, I mean, several games 
are impacting seedings, but it's really the Green Bay Chicago game and the and the Philadelphia Dallas game that are the two that are mm-hmm. you know directly you know, win or go home kind of things. But this game definitely not in the win or go home bucket. At least Jacksonville knows that even if they win, they're still going home after this. Indianapolis, the opposite. They could uh, show up and just drool on themselves for 60 minutes, and they're still in the playoffs as the division winners in the AFC South. So, you know, I just I don't think this is going to be a very interesting game, but since they'll play it, I'll say that Indianapolis will win this by a couple of touchdowns. I'll pick Indianapolis 28, Jacksonville 14. Yeah, this is just not a game that's going to be all that fun to watch, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, really not even a lot to get out of this family. True. Not even a lot to get out of this fantasy football-wise, though, unfortunately, as well. Uh, I I mean, the Jaguars look better, but I don't think they can put together a complete enough game to beat a Colts team that's looking towards the playoffs. Chad Henney's more second quarterback option for me. I think you can start Maurice Jones-Drew and maybe even tight end Mercedes-Lewis, but that's pretty much about it. For Indianapolis, I've been ragging on Andrew Luck pretty much all season and saying that I disagree with this narrative that he's become an elite quarterback and all. But this week, go ahead and start him in any championship games. You know, I think he'll have a field day against against an inferior opponent here. Tight end Kobe Fleener, I think, will be a, a big target. Start him, start the defense. Running back Donald Brown has shown flashes of stardom this season season. Uh, Trent Richardson is not. Uh, Donald Brown could be a flex option for you. Trent Richardson, I would not start. The wide receiving situation there right now is just too much of a grab bag. I mean, Derek Rogers, T.Y. Hilton, and Griff Whalen, they could all put up big numbers, but they could also give you a goose egg, which you certainly don't want or need in your championship game. So I think those guys are best used as flex options, if at all. Kicker Adam Vinatieri should also be a good start this week. I feel like the Indy wide receivers are starting to turn into the Tennessee wide receivers. You don't know which one's going to give you points from one week to the next. There are a lot of teams like that. You look at Seattle, and they're one of the winningest teams in football. I mean, they have, but you look at their wide receiver core and tell me who's going to lead the the team in in receptions or yardage from one week to the next. I. I don't think he can. It's just throwing darts at a, a bulletin board, but who knows? Maybe next year they'll get Percy Harvin and his back will be healed by then and or his hip will be healed by then and, and they'll have a bona fide passing game. Sidney Rice will be back, but right now, then, anyway, we're not talking about that game. We were about to talk about uh, the Jets at Miami. <laughs> I don't know. Miami really bit the bit last week. How can you be playing for a playoff spot and put up zero points against the Buffalo Bills who aren't going to remind anybody of the 85 Bears anytime soon? I, I, I know they're, yeah, I know they're one of your, your, your secondary teams behind the Cowboys, but that, that was a pretty uh, pathetic effort there. I think they bounced back this week and I think they'll win this game, although that doesn't say much about the Jets. You know, who knows whether Rex Ryan is going to be back or not, uh, but I don't think it really matters. Jets are still a long ways away from being a you know, Super Bowl contender. I, I think this will be a close game, but ultimately Miami will pull this out. Miami 23, New York 20. Can you really fire Rex Ryan if they did everything to possibly I, not spend money and make their offense worse in the offseason? I mean, they brought in Chris Ivory for a draft pick. They literally just got draft picks for letting people walk away and spent zero dollars on their offense. Can you really fault a guy for having an offense that doesn't really work? I mean, the team's almost 500. I'm not usually a Rex Ryan fan, but I feel like he kind of has to keep his job at this point. Well, I don't think he necessarily will. You have a new GM that came in last year, and he was sort of handcuffed in the sense that he was told you have to keep this guy for the – you know, final year of his contract, mainly because the owner was probably too cheap to pay him off to go away and get a real coach, but or I shouldn't say get a real coach, get get his own coach, let the GM hire his own coach. So, you know, here we are 
he's obviously a great defensive mind, but let him be a defensive coordinator. He's just shown time in and time out that even when he had offensive players that were better than what he has now, he hasn't shown that he really knows how to pick an offensive coordinator or, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I kind of like him as a personality, the, the talk and the swagger and all is kind of fun, but I just, think if the Jets really want to be a winning football team that something has to change there. You know, they've got to spend more money on the offensive line and the skill position guys. You know, defense is once again it's a pretty good defense. You can't fault them for that. But you know, he'd make they... a great defensive coordinator somewhere. He's just not that good at being a head coach. I feel like players love playing for him but his offense is yeah. terrible. Well especially defensive players love playing for him. I mean Willie Cologne might say he loves playing for him, but you know, it's usually the defensive guys that get you know, excited about playing for, for Rex Ryan, but anyway, I, I think this is going to be his swan song, and we'll see, but you know, again, I, I think Miami wins this by a field goal 23-20. I think this is going to be pretty low scoring. I would like to see Miami pick win this game, because it would be good if any of the teams I liked actually were successful in any way, shape, or form, which doesn't seem to be happening right now. But I I just have this weird feeling that I think the Jets are going to actually win this game. In Miami, at the end of the year, I don't know. <laughs> Geno Smith, I think, is a better second quarterback option. But I think he will put up some points this week. I like Chris Ivory and Jeremy Curley. I'll even go as far as to say start saying Antonio Holmes. <laughs> More salt than the wounds. Antonio Holmes is a flex option, and I'd even start the defense because it's going to be a low-scoring game. For Miami, I would start wide receiver Brian Hartline, assuming he's healthy enough to play. He's listed as questionable with a knee injury right now, but given that they've got still a shot at the playoffs, almost certain that he would. Start Mike Wallace, start tight end Charles Clay, start the defense. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill, probable with a knee injury. Unless you're forced to, and I hope you're not, I wouldn't start him this week. Kicker Caleb Sturgis is a good start. Running backs Lamar Miller and Daniel Thomas stay away from both of those guys. Thomas, questionable with an ankle injury. The Jets do really play, stop the run well, so you don't want to take your chances with that. Wide receiver Richard Matthews has had a few nice games this week, I mean this year, but I I still think (laughs) you stay away from him. Yeah, he's been playing every week. Yeah. Every day this week, just racking up Doing those a little stats football in the yard. Yeah, exactly. I so, just felt like since you wouldn't have a chance to call him San Antonio this week, I just needed to do that for you. That was my Christmas gift to you, Sherpa. Well, it's it's much appreciated, and I'll I'll return the favor <laughs> when we discuss the Philadelphia-Dallas game in a little while. So that's my gift to you. I'm so, so sure. Speaking of uh, touch football and flag football, we've got Detroit at Minnesota. Detroit, another team that had an opportunity in its hands and let it slip through last week. Minnesota didn't really have much opportunity going into the season, and uh, just their quarterback situation has been a mess for most of the season. Now it seems like they've mm-hmm. decided that Matt Castle is actually the best of their available choices, and they're probably right, but that still doesn't mean that they're going to win games. I I think Detroit will get its act together this week. In Minnesota, there's a lot of hoopla about the last game there at the Metrodome, but I just, you know, I don't think it matters. I I think Detroit manages to salvage some pride in this game, and I'll pick Detroit to win this by touchdown. Detroit 31, Minnesota 24. I think Detroit will win in what will end up being Jim Schwartz's last game. I mean, that, see, there's no way he's still going to have a job. When, no, I agree when they with can't, you there. When they can't win that division with both Jay Cutler and Aaron Rodgers missing a ton of time, there's just it's not going to happen. But this week will be a good week for them. They'll win a game. Uh, he'll probably get fired soon after, so he should enjoy it while last. But definitely start Matt Stafford. I'd start Joy Bell and Reggie Bush. Start Calvin Johnson. Uh, I'd start Nate Burleson, but I like Chris Durham more as a flex option. And I like tight end Joseph Foria. We'll see when Jim Schwartz gets fired if uh, Jim Harbaugh gives him a congratulatory uh, phone call or offers yeah, to meet him somewhere and shake his hand. Right. So 
for Minnesota, I would start quarterback Matt Castle, wide receiver um, Cordero Patterson, who I think is going to be a real fantasy stud next year. Mm-hmm. He's already shown flashes of brilliance. He's more. He's I think he's been their leading rusher two of the last three weeks, and that's even with Adrian Peterson playing last week. He's questionable with a chest injury right now, but assuming he does play, he's definitely worth starting. Running back Adrian Peterson, questionable with groin and foot injuries. Not so keen on him. I know he wants to play, but I just don't see why Minnesota would let him take a pounding in this game. Wide receivers Greg Jennings and Jerome Simpson, you just don't know one week to the next who's going to catch balls and who isn't. So they're both flex options at best for me. I will start your friend Blair Walsh this week. Running back Tony... Toby Gerhardt, questionable with a hamstring injury. Stay away from him. Stay away from wide receiver Jarius Wright, even though he had a good game last week. Tight end Red Ellison, avoid him, and don't start the defense either. The Blair Walsh project, making a Christmas appearance. I like it. Yep, he's on the list. He's on the good list. He's on the <laughs> nice list this week. So Good for him. <laughs> All right. He is. Congrats, congrats to him. So, I think Josh Scobie and Rob Baronis might be the only guys. No, I, Rob Baronis has definitely made it at least once this year. I think Josh Scobie might be the only kicker that hasn't. I haven't recommended at least once this season. Poor Josh so that's Scobie. more a function of the team that he plays for rather than his ability or lack thereof. Yeah, that's a shame, though. He's a good kicker. Well, we'll never know. I mean... Yeah, I guess he's okay. He's kept his job for a lot of years, but you know, that that team is they're just one big disaster. But so anyway, now we get to the the battle of the injured quarterbacks, or the, I should say the teams that were without their star quarterbacks for most of the season. Green Bay may still be without their star quarterback this week. We don't know quite yet, but we'll see. I, I don't think, think they it did matters. say today he was going to play. I think I heard that. All right. Well, I just, quite honestly, I don't think it matters. Yeah, I would expect him to be a little bit rusty, but we'll see. You know, Chicago, they've had a few weeks to get reacclimated to Jay Cutler, and you know, I just think they're going to bounce back in a big way from that debacle against the Eagles last week. I'll say that Chicago at home, I'll say that they win this game 34 to Green Bay's 28. I like Green Bay 34-31. I'm very excited about Aaron Rodgers playing this week, uh, as expected. I, I think this is going to be a little bit of a shootout, and I just don't trust Jay Cutler. I don't trust him. I don't trust the fact that his team doesn't trust him. I don't like it. So I would start Aaron Rodgers if you've made it to this point with your backup quarterbacks and you've drafted pretty well. But uh definitely like Eddie Lacy this week, who looks like he's on the mend. Maybe even James Starks is a flex option. I do like James Jones and Jordy Nelson. And Jared Boykin could be a flex option, but I'm definitely staying away from the defense this week. Uh, Chicago's going to put points up. Neither of these defenses are all that good, especially with no Clay Matthews. For Chicago, I would start Jay Cutler. I have a little bit more faith in him than than you do, Jana. Running back, Matt Forte. Wide receivers, Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, who I know you've had on several of your teams this year and has yeah. definitely been one of the yeah. breakout stars in fantasy this year. Tight end Martellus Bennett, kicker Robbie Gold. Wide receiver Earl Bennett, I'm, I'm mixed on him. I would say flex option at best. Running back Michael Bush is a no and stay away from the defense because I think the one thing we can agree with on this game is that agree about on this game is that this is going to be a high-scoring game. Absolutely. So let's move on to what will probably be another high-scoring game, at least for one of the two teams involved, and that's Buffalo and New England. I'll give you a hint. I don't think it's Buffalo that's going to be doing a lot of scoring in this game. So I I know that Buffalo is another one of your uh, – your, uh, My underdog your favorites. Per- <laughs> yes, your, your underdog teams that the you like to root for. The island of misfit toys like all my teams. <laughs> yes, but uh, – Unfortunately, here, New England, it's kind of like rooting for Microsoft, but I think this week Microsoft wins. I'll say New England 34, Buffalo 20. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I can't argue too much with that. <laughs> Buffalo's just not in the same league as New England right now. In the same EJ division, Manuel, but not in the same league. Yeah, yeah. Even then, you're not totally sure they're in the same division. It just never looks like it. But E.J. Manuel right. is more a second quarterback option. I like Fred Jackson and C.J. Spiller. Most of their damage will be done on the ground, but I do like Robert Woods of the wide receivers. And unfortunately, that's about it for Buffalo. For New England, surprisingly not a ton of guys that I would want to start this week, even though I think they'll win pretty convincingly. Quarterback Tom Brady, he doesn't really have a shoulder injury, or at least that's sure what I'm does. guessing. Sure he always has a shoulder injury, a sore right shoulder every week for four came into years. The league with a, he came into the league with a short, sore right shoulder, I think. But <laughs> wide receivers Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman are both worth starting. Amendola is probably with a groin injury. Edelman's another guy. I mean, he's, he's cooled off a little bit. I mean, he cooled off in the middle of the season and had a few nice games lately, but there's a guy that nobody would have pointed to him at the beginning of the season and said he's going to have a thousand yards in receiving, but yeah, there he is. Yeah, I so, think we thought he was going to be kind of the odd man out of that offense. Yeah, and I mean, the only reason you would have thought maybe he would be Wes Welker this year is if you looked at him and said, oh, he's a short wide receiver, you know, that Tom Brady likes yeah. to throw to. But anyway, he's, he's both of those guys are worth starting. Defense is worth starting. Stephen Ridley, on the other flip side, he's been a pretty big disappointment this year. Yeah, he, had, just, he had a couple of nice games and a couple, a lot more really terrible games. Yeah, he's somebody that a lot of people were high on going into I the was. season and just hasn't produced. But then you look at guys like Garrett Blunt and Brandon Bolden that had – nice games filling in for him, but if you're in your championship game, you don't want to trust either of those guys. Same thing, Shane Vereen, questionable with a groin injury. He was going to be the pass catching back this year, but he's just another guy. Both he and Ridley haven't really worked out the way they had thought they would. Tight end Michael Humano-Wanui, if you can spell it, start him. Or Actually, I would (laughs) say don't start him. Probable me. I can't start. I can't spell his name, so I'm not going to start him. Um, even if you can, you're probably better off not starting him. And kicker Stephen Goskowski, I would actually Stephen Goskowski. I, I screwed that up. He's somebody I would start because I think they're going to score a lot of points this week. So, correction from the Sherpa: start Stephen Goskowski. Don't start Michael Humano Wanui. You're just showing off because you can say Humano Wanui. <laughs> Easy for you to say. All right. <laughs> so, well, I practiced all week. I was sitting there at Christmas dinner saying, Humano Wanui, Humano Wanui. And, uh, I'm sure your family were... loves that. <laughs> oh, they, they did. They did. So, next up, we've got another game which will have people muttering to themselves, and that's Tampa Bay at New Orleans. I, I think the only way you watch this game is if you're a Tampa Bay or a New Orleans fan. Yeah, I just this this is one of these mismatches. Unfortunately, hopefully next year the schedule makers will have New Orleans and Carolina play each other in the last week of the season. Either that, or they'll make sure that Atlanta's better. But this week, unfortunately, we're stuck with this game. I'll say New Orleans wins this easily. New Orleans twenty-four, Tampa Bay seven. Ooh, only seven points. That's tough. I, I yeah. don't think Tampa is going to be a huge factor in this game, but I think they could score at least 17 points. New Orleans is still going to beat them by 10. But uh, fantasy-wise, Mike Glennon, if you're starting him in a league of quarterbacks who are 6-7, he would definitely be a great start. Otherwise, really only a second quarterback option. I like Bobby Rainey, and I like Vincent Jackson, and that's all that I like about Tampa Bay this week. For New Orleans, quarterback Drew Brees, He's he's got a lot of touchdown passes, and he is thirty-five, thirty-six, which, in a quote-unquote normal season, would have him right up near the league leaders. Of course, Peyton Manning has been anything but normal this year. But quarterback mm-hmm. Drew Brees still worth starting this week, probable with a knee injury, but you know he'll play. Wide receiver Marcus Colston, probable with a back injury, you know he'll play. Tight end Jimmy Graham, you know he'll play. Defense start. Uh, 
Wide receivers, Lance Moore and Kenny Stills. Flex options, kicker Shane Graham is a good start. The, the New Orleans running backs, that's another situation that's just been real muddled all season. Darren Sproles has been a disappointment. Mark Ingram has had a couple of nice games, but has been invisible for most of the season. Pierre Thomas hasn't been the plow horse that he normally is. I would stay away from all three of those guys. So I think Drew Brees will pass for a lot of yards, but other than Marcus Colston or Jimmy Graham, I, I would avoid the whole situation this week. How is Jimmy Graham even still standing and, like, existing with all the injuries he's ha- he has? He's up to at least five. Well, he'll he'll have a long off season to rest them because the way things are looking, even if New Orleans makes it into the playoffs as a wild card team, they're probably one and done. Yeah, most likely. But Unless they happen to play Dallas in the first round which I don't think will happen because I don't think Dallas will make it. I'm choosing to ignore that. <laughs> She's not taking the bait. All right. Nope. <laughs> so next, next game up is Denver at Oakland. Yeah. This game, I guess, in theory, Denver doesn't really have anything to play for, but... This, is, yeah. this was a good rivalry. It's just... Oakland's sort of terrible now, so it's not that fun anymore. Well, their their offense has shown some signs of life, although this whole Terrell mm. Pryor thing this week has been you know has been really silly. But you know, he's going to start. He'll probably play okay. I don't think they're trying to sabotage his career or anything crazy. If anything, like I think they're trying to make him look good. They're playing him against a team who's going to rest a lot of their their starters, especially in the second half. They're giving him a chance to say he beat a Peyton Manning Broncos team going into the offseason and feel good about himself. If anything, I feel like they're trying to build him up and tear him down. I think he's an idiot. Yeah, well, maybe he should get a, a tattoo of his agent with a big X through it. But, I'm surprised his agent is agent. Frozen house. I'm surprised his agent is still his agent, but True. maybe that'll change in the offseason. So, um, I just yeah, I I think this is a mismatch. All you know, Denver, I even if they rest their starters, for, even if Brock Osweiler plays most of this game, I still think they're going to win this in a romp. I'll say Denver forty-one, Oakland twenty-four. Would you rather have Brock Osweiler or Kyle Orton as your starting quarterback? Uh, I would say <laughs> Kyle Orton. I don't know. If it were a neckbeard growing contest, for sure Kyle Orton. But this week for Denver, uh, I think Peyton Manning's going to play a, at least half of this game. He's got some passing records he could hit, and it would be nice to get another touchdown or two for him. But um, I just I don't know if I can I can safely tell anyone to start Brock Osweiler. That just feels wrong. I would say if you're starting two quarterbacks, go ahead and start Peyton Manning. I like Nershaw Moreno and Demarius Thomas. I like Eric Decker, Andre Caldwell even. Definitely tight end Julius Thomas, kicker Matt Prater, and the defense. So pretty much everybody. I'm still rooting for a Denver-Philadelphia rematch in the Super Bowls. I would love, just love to see that press conference with LaShawn McCoy and Nershaw Moreno. <laughs> I hope they sit side by side at the podium and they can ask LaShawn McCoy to his face. <laughs> They can interview each other or just have a, a rebuttal and response, you know, res- whole thing going on. That would be fun. But you know, my guess is that at least one of those two teams will muck it up before they get that far. But one we'll of them can one have there. Jim Rome as a hype man, and the other can have Skip Bayless, and it would be such a disaster. You could sell tickets. Yeah. So for Denver, yeah, you, you've covered Denver. For Oakland. Running back uh, Rashad Jennings is a good start. Tight end Michael Rivera, okay. Quarterback Terrell Pryor, especially if Denver does rest some guys. Their offense, I mean, their defense isn't that impressive to begin with, especially no if they're Von resting Miller. guys. No, no Von Miller. Wide receiver Andre Holmes is okay to start uh, as a flex option. Quarterback Sebastian Janikowski should be a good start this week. Quarterback Matt McGloin, you obviously don't want to start him if Terrell Pryor is starting. Running backs Darren McFadden and Marcel Reese, 
you don't know how much playing time they're going to get, stay away. Wide receiver Denarius Moore, he's been their number one receiver most of the season, but he's he's sort of disappeared the last few weeks, so you don't want to count on him in a Week 17 championship game. Stay away and also stay away from the defense just in case for some reason Denver does decide to play their starters more than a half. I like that you promoted Sebastian Janikowski to quarterback from kicker. That was nice of you. Did I? Oh, yeah. he's a kicker, obviously. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm, and he's a left-footed kicker at that. So, <laughs> anyway, my apologies to all the people that got confused by that. I'm, you know, so many did. I'm hoping sure. you're not looking. <laughs> I, I'm guessing most people listening to this show would not go look for Sebastian Janikowski under their quarterback section of their roster, but maybe they'll try a fake pass with him, and then he'll qualify a quarterback. But that'd be pretty awesome. Can you imagine his touchdown celebration and be crazy? Yeah, I think he probably had bought the goalpost and wind up uh, permanently injuring himself. Probably, yeah, exactly. So, so now San Francisco at Arizona. This should be one of the more interesting games this week. Lots of playoff implications here, not the division, but certainly the wild card. And I think you can flip a coin with this game, but I still like. San Francisco a little bit more now that they've got Michael Crabtree back. Offense is a little more balanced. For most of the season, they were a run-heavy team, and I still think they'll rely primarily on Frank Gore, but at least now they have two bona fide wide receivers and a decent tight end that they can throw to. I think their defense is going to figure out ways to stop Arizona. Arizona, three of their main offensive players, Carson Palmer, um, Andre Ellington and uh, Larry Fitzgerald are all banged up. So I think it all adds up to a San Francisco victory. I'll take them by a field goal, San Francisco 20, Arizona 17. Can't argue too much with that. Uh, I think if Ellington and Carson Palmer and all these guys were actually healthy, this would be easy to pick as an upset because I really like what Arizona has as a team. They're just they're not peaking at the right time, which is a shame because they could be. They really could have been a good playoff team. But fantasy-wise for San Francisco, Colin Kaepernick is more second quarterback option for me. I can't talk anymore. But I do like Frank Gore, Michael Crabtree, Anquan Bolden, and as always, tight end Vernon Davis. And I'll even start the defense. I think they'll be a factor in this game. They may score you some more points on their own than some other defenses will by keeping scores low. Yeah, it's just hard to think of the Cardinals potentially finishing 10-6 and six and missing the playoffs altogether. And meanwhile, you're going to have potentially a, a, a 500 team, or not a 500 Hopefully team. Hopefully they don't do what the Browns did and have one 10-win season that can't get to the playoffs and then not have a winning season for like 10 years. Yeah, hopefully that won't happen. Hopefully they'll just never come close again. But... <laughs> I'm guessing that's not quite what you had in mind. But Mm-mm. for Arizona, I like their defense a lot this week. Quarterback Carson Palmer, second quarterback. Running backs Andre Ellington and Richard Mendenhall. Again, you know, one week one's the leading ball carrier. The next week, the next one's the leading ball carrier. It's kind of hard to tell from one week to the next. So I would recommend not starting either of them. as more than a flex option. Wide receivers Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd are more flex options. Stay away from wide receiver Andre Roberts. Stay away from all the tight ends, Jake Ballard, Jim Dre, and Rob Hausler. And stay away from kicker Jay Feely. All right. A couple more games. We're in the home stretch. A couple more games, and then it's a wrap on our fourth season. So Kansas City of San Diego with you wish since San Diego still had something on the line that Kansas City would at least put forth a little bit more of an effort, but it doesn't sound like that's in their plan. Nope. Kansas City, yeah, if we see their starters for more than a series or two, I'll be surprised. And therefore, I, think San Diego, I, I think San Diego wins this in a cakewalk. I'll say San Diego 37, Kansas City 14. This is going to look like one of those preseason games where the one team cares and the other one doesn't? 
Yeah, you're probably right. I would love to see something crazy happen and Kansas City still win this game. I just don't know how likely it is. San Diego still yeah, now is good. Davis will rush for 400 yards. Right. <laughs> um, Fantasy-wise, pretty much anyone on the Kansas City roster is going to be a flex option at best. It's hard to say who's going to get significant playing time and who's not. I am very excited to see Chase Daniels play quarterback. It looks like he may get the start. Well, not the start, but he'll play the majority of the game for Kansas City. So if you're really desperate, he may be an option, but not a great one. Pretty much if you want to pick anybody up, try the San Diego roster, not Kansas City. For San Diego, quarterback Phillip Rivers is a great start. Wide receivers Keenan Allen and Vincent Brown. Tight end Antonio Gates. The defense, kicker Nick Novak. Um Ryan Matthews, questionable with an ankle injury. Let's stay away from him in a championship game. Wide receiver Eddie Royal has had some nice games this season, but questionable with a toe injury. Stay away from him. So yeah, I wouldn't start everybody on the San Diego roster. You, know, you have that favorite expression about starting everybody, including the water boy. I wouldn't do that mm-hmm. quite. You know, I wouldn't go quite that far with San Diego this week, but as long as you pick a guy that's reasonably healthy from San Diego's roster, I think you'll be happy with the results this week. It's going to be a better result than most of the Kansas City players, so got that going for you. That's true. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, hopefully you were planning ahead, and you know, once they lost last week, but even then, it's probably too late. It's not like you're going to find a a great. You know, you're probably yeah. reduced to hoping that you were starting a running back at flex and moving them into your, into Jamal Charles spot and then trying to pick up a wide receiver or a tight end off the waiver wire this week mm-hmm. or just relying on the depth that you hopefully accumulated during your run to the championship, but we'll see. So next up we've got St. Louis at Seattle. Seattle definitely not peaking at the right time. It looks like they peaked around week 12, but I think they'll rebound nicely and win this game. I'll say Seattle 24, St. Louis 14. I think it could be as much as 24-21 in favor of Seattle. I think St. Louis is going to keep up a little bit here. They can put up a bit of a fight. We've definitely seen uh, some crazy things happen with the Seattle team all year, and I'd like to see them finish strong. Seattle's got to be the least interesting team that's as good as they are. I just... For me, they are not that fun to watch. I'm not excited for this game all that much. Obviously, I'm probably going to be anticipating the Sunday night game while this is on, and most people are going to be watching Green Bay, Chicago, not Seattle, St. Louis, or St. Louis and, uh, in Seattle. Obviously, playing in Seattle comes with its own set of challenges, so Kellen Clemens is a second quarterback at best. I do like Zach Staley and Stedman Bailey. That rhymes. That's fun. Uh, I'm even going to start the St. Louis defense. I just... I'm not super impressed with with what Seattle's been doing the last couple of weeks. Like you said, I think they peaked too early. For Seattle, and of course that's not something you plan. It just sort of evolves as the season goes on. I think they went into the season thinking, yeah, let's peak at week 12. That'll work out awesome. Right, let's peak (laughs) in week 12 and then we'll lose a couple games that we shouldn't lose at the end of the season and potentially we'll blow, you know, our playoff shot. Against, uh, you know, we'll blow our our season in the playoffs at home against some team that we probably would have wiped the field with, you know, earlier it's in like the season. Sound but, you know, it's like a sound theory. You know, right now I, I think there's several teams. You know, Arizona if they sneak in, or San Francisco. Those teams are both capable of beating them at home. You know, who mm-hmm. knows? It's, I think Carolina. New Orleans I'm not so sure about because I don't think they have enough defense to do it, but Carolina is another team that I could see potentially beating them at home. But uh, we'll see. It's, I don't think Seattle is going to have a cakewalk to the to the Super Bowl as it appears maybe three or four weeks ago. So for Seattle, I would start running back Marshawn Lynch in the defense. Russell Wilson, second quarterback option for me, running wide receivers, Golden Tate and Doug Baldwin, flex options, tight end Zach Miller, flex option, kicker Stephen Hauschka is okay. Stay away from wide receivers, Jermaine Kearse, who's questionable with an ankle injury, Percy Harvin, doubtful with his hip injury. And I think Seattle gets the ship righted here, but whether 
that has a carryover effect into the playoffs or not remains to be seen. I just think that uh, right now is Seattle isn't playing as well as a couple of the other teams in their own division, and chances are they'll have to play one of them in the playoffs if they want to make the Super Bowl. Yeah, it may not be a great outcome for them, but we'll definitely see how it plays out. All right, rubbing my hands in glee, now we get to talk oh. about Philadelphia Dallas. And I think Dallas is, this may surprise you that I'm thinking along these lines, but I don't think Dallas's offense is going to be the problem, whether it's no. you know, Kyle Wharton or Tony Romo. I think their real problem is on the other side of the ball. I just don't see how they're going to stop Philadelphia's offense, which appears to be clicking on all cylinders again after taking a week or two off. But I just think Philadelphia has a little bit too much offense for Dallas to keep up with. I'll I'll pick Philadelphia to win this game. I'll say it turns out to be somewhat of a blowout. I'll say Philadelphia 44, Dallas 27. The only way the Cowboys can win this game is if it's a shootout. Because their defense is literally the worst in the league, and Sean Lee's not playing this week, which really doesn't help the situation at all. Philadelphia's offense spreads the field in such a way that there's just it, Dallas isn't going to be able to slow them down enough to win this game. I think they'll keep it respectable and within ten points, but I just for all of all of that the bargaining and the hoping and dreaming, I just don't think there's a way Dallas can pull this out. Um, Fantasy-wise, for Philadelphia, I think you absolutely have to start Nick Foles, LaShawn McCoy, who's going to win the Russian title, Deshaun Jackson, Riley Cooper, and kicker Alex Henry. I would stay away from the defense because I do think Dallas will score some more points than maybe you do, but that, again, may be a bit of a wishful think. So for Dallas, I would start running back to Marco Murray, start wide receiver Des Bryant, start tight end Jason Witten. Kyle Orton, I think you can start him as a second quarterback. Wide receivers, Miles Austin and Terrence Williams. Flex options, kicker Dan Bailey, okay. Uh, Tony Romo, even if he does play, I think that's just asking for trouble to start him this week. And same thing with the defense, I would stay away from them. So now that we've talked about the game, what does your gut tell you? Are the Cowboys going to start Tony Romo, or are they going to play it safe and go with Kyle Orton? No, I think they're going to start Kyle Orton. Um, I, although, just one thing to mention, if you are looking for a waiver wire pickup for a wide receiver this week, Miles Austin is probably a really nice idea. <clears throat> In the few opportunities we've actually seen Kyle Orton, most of his targets have been to Miles Austin. Uh, and as crazy as it sounds, I think he'll definitely be a factor in this game. I don't think that's a good thing for Dallas, but it's going to happen. Um, I think they're, the Cowboys would love for Tony Romo to actually play in this game. I just don't think it's actually physically possible for him. And if he does, sure, he led that game-winning drive against the Redskins with a herniated disc. But he's had an epidural since then, and he feels absolutely terrible. It's just... Nothing good's going to come of it. If he starts, he's not going to last out of the first quarter. So you might as well just start Kyle Orton and save your franchise. I wonder if maybe they start him, but they try to rely heavily on the running game and just give DeMarco Murray as many carries as he can handle until he Well, you kind of have to over. do that even with Kyle Orton starting. Well, I just think for them it would be smart because with Philadelphia just – keep it close. I think they have to keep Philadelphia's offense off the field, and the only way they're going to do that is play the kind of ball control offense that they seem reluctant to play most of the season. They just seem to like to throw the ball 50 times a game, no matter you know what the opponent's strengths or weaknesses are, but uh, I think the only way they win this is if they are able to control the ball and, and run DeMarco Murray 30-35 times. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only way it's going to happen. I just don't know happen. if they have the patience to do that. Uh, we haven't seen that, that's for sure. By if they get behind by 14 points early, I just think, you know, that's going to go out the window, that they're not going to be content to try to chip away and get a defensive stop here and there. They're going to just try to throw the ball and make big plays and end up losing by, by more. But we'll see. 
But uh, I know we're coming to the end of the show, but Jana, I just wanted to thank you again for a great fourth season. Hard to believe that uh, we've, we've finished four complete seasons doing this. It's been a lot of fun as always, and uh, hopefully we can do it again next season. And thank you. Good luck to everybody this week. Good luck, everyone. See you next year.